a listener production. Are you ready? Honey, I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. <laughs> Who says that? Bob the drag queen. Oh. <laughs> you stay petty, you got to get petty. I love that. Use all of that. <sighs> it's gold. Entertainment gold. Oh, I'm ready to be told a story. Well, pull the trigger. Press go. Oh, yeah, I do this yeah. part. No, <laughs> I'm just sitting here waiting. Like, um, what are we waiting for? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Me. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Hold on. Okay. <laughs> it's like a tick. It's, as soon as my brain and body knows that I have to start talking to the microphone, it, I want to burp. Pavlovian response. Yes. I, maybe. I Disgusting. Don't know. Okay, here we go. Take it away, my dulcet toned Adonis. (laughs) Hello, Gistners, and welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to discuss at a dinner party. Yeah. Decided to tell a little story. Little tale. Should we jump right in? See how we just, like... We just tried to force little bit. breaking news yeah. in there. Sorry. Ah, uh, we can't help it. Okay, yeah, sorry. We just feel like we gotta ease it in a little bit. Here comes the story, guys. Okay, okay. here we go. <clears throat> in nineteen sixty-two, in San Francisco, mm. California, four prison inmates spent six months working on a very elaborate plan to escape from a prison that was allegedly, supposedly, reputedly a hundred percent inescapable. Just like Tesla's windows are unbreakable. Correct. <laughs> Along those lines. It was said to be the most maximum securityist prison in all the world. Uh-huh. Alcatraz. Alcatraz. A.K.A. The Rock. The prison break involved nail clippers, raincoats, a piano accordion, what? a vacuum cleaner, and paper mache. And it worked. This is just the gist of the most famous and arguably most successful prison escape ever, the escape from Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Mm. <laughs> you have questions. Already, I've got... Uh, no, okay, I just... I, I'm sure we'll get to it, hmm. obviously. But my first reaction is, you understand in prison they have to use things like paper clips and they make wine in their toilet and they use this for that and, like, because they don't have access to things but they have access to a piano accordion. Hmm. I don't understand. Okay, <laughs> I'm intrigued. But this is um, famous. Very. It's like Al- Alcatraz, it's closed now though, isn't it? It's a tourist destination now. It is. Yeah. But The Escape is like, it was a movie and stuff? Yes, about yeah, it's like 15-ish a big- years later, mm, okay. they turned The Escape into a, a famous movie starring mm. Clint Eastwood, who is so incredibly handsome in it. Really? Yes. Hmm. Worth watching just for the eye candy. Really? Mm. Was he handsome back then? He really was. Oh. Yeah. Alcatraz is an island, right? That's then, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. The French started this sort of tradition in the 1800s, building their prisons on mm. islands, thinking that was going to enhance the security. And then prisoners were like, look at this, it's called swimming. Yes. Bye! <laughs> I found something to float on. Yeah. And off I go. Um, so specifically Alcatraz, what do the two of you know about Alcatraz? What I just told you. Okay, like, begins and ends there. Like the movie, uh, Inescapable Prison, Tin Cups. Mm-hmm. Linz? All I know besides it being a prison is that some of the YouTubers that I watch swum from Alcatraz to, like, the shore, mm. which I guess is a thing that you can do now. Twice a year, yeah. Oh, really? They do it as a charity event. Oh. Yeah, because it's not really that far. It's not that far, is it? From San Francisco City, it's, like, about two kilometres. That's far. Very swimmable. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's it's not completely yeah, it's not yeah off the mainland, um, but yeah, it is quite small, practically a little islet, and it's very rocky. Islet mm. um, wasn't useful for anything really apart from putting a lighthouse on it, and then they turned it into a military fort in the eighteen hundreds, and then in nineteen thirty four, yeah, that's when they said, all right, let's turn this place into. The prison, the, the ultimate prison. prison, because around that time there was a massive spike in crime going on in the US because yeah. of the Depression and the Prohibition era. Oh, and yeah. so they wanted to come up with this amazing deterrent to turn people away from a life of crime oh. if they came up with this like inescapable, really scary 
place. Yeah. Kind of like Azkaban in yeah, or, Harry Potter. Yeah, or I was thinking the prison um, in Face Off mm. where you're like, they're not even on, they're on a ship that floats around in the, like they are, you can't escape. Well, mm. but he does in Face Off. No such thing as inescapable. Um, and I love how many times we have referenced this movie over the years in this off. podcast. <laughs> and just recently I watched that Nicolas Cage movie, uh, The Unbearable Bro, Weight of Massive being, Talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Is it good? I finished it all the way till the end. And that says a lot about a movie for me hmm. these days. Pedro Pascal is in yeah, it. Yeah, so right. Of course. I mean, for him. <sighs> but yeah, Nicolas Cage sort of mentally revisits a lot of the characters he's played like over the years. Like Castor Troy, the crazy guy from Face Off. Ding, ding. Why do I know so much about Face Off? I don't. Um, anyway, it's a. Gr- I love that movie. Um, okay, so yeah. that's that's how how big. When you say Islet, I don't know what is that oh, size wise. A couple wise. of square kilometers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Big enough to house like a few thousand prisoners. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, when I was researching this, the way I instantly started to think about Alcatraz is it's sort of like prison all stars. So all the worst uh, criminals from previous seasons of prison mm-hmm. are pulled together in like mm. a new environment with new challenges. So yeah, like right. Drag Race and Survivor, the people who have the really bold personality on their own season then get pulled out and invited to yes. come back for All-Stars, yeah? That's what Alcatraz is. Yeah, so like ah. if you're naughty in society, you go to prison and then if you're naughty in prison, you get sent to mm. Alcatraz. Okay. Or... Sometimes criminals had really big profiles, so lucky them they got to just skip the queue and go straight to Alcatraz. Yeah. So people like Al Capone, yeah, who was a big yeah. mobster, and Machine Gun Kelly, who mm. did a lot of really notorious crimes. The original one, not obviously, the not other one, skinny white boy. Yep. Um, and the Alcatraz brand had two major pillars: yeah. number one being cruelty, and number two being inescapability. Yeah. Um, when we're talking cruelty, we're talking really, really bad human rights abuses in the first few decades, uh, like all-out torture, mental oh. torture, physical torture, like crimes against humanity. And they defended their ability to do that because they said that Alcatraz needed to be a really powerful deterrent against doing crime. When you say like the torture, was that um, just part of the like, day program of being there or was it if you got in trouble they would do things like that or was it just like no when you're here we're doing these things to you in the early years people were not allowed to speak unless (gasps) it was something that was critically important to do with medical care or something along those lines anyone who spoke was Mm. beaten Mm. and so no verbal human interaction made people go crazy yeah Um, like solitary yeah because, I mean, like now in prison, from what I understand, if you are naughty in prison or get in trouble, they send you to solitary mm. as like punishment. But they were just like punishment just was what? Day-to-day Day-to-day. Yeah. Okay. Your toilet bucket not being emptied. Oh, and, no. yeah, when people did go into isolation, sometimes it would be for a year at a time oh. with no access to light <gasps> and no ability to move. They would have no clothing, no blankets. It would be freezing cold if you've been to San Francisco. Oh, you know, it gets pretty brisk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was terrible the way they treated mm. their prisoners. But, like I said... They felt that they were doing the right thing by creating this terrible deterrent. When Al Capone left there, Mm. he was just a babbling, brain dead. Really? Yeah. For it. He'd only been there for ten years. Yeah, and it just completely broke. Yeah. So Al Capone, Alcatraz made Al Capone. That's Mm -hmm. a tongue twister. Nuts. Mm. (gasps) It was brutal. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yikes. Yeah, the creators of the prison very clear from the beginning. This is not about rehabilitation or reformation. This is purely about punishment. Retribution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it was allegedly inescapable, impenetrable. Mm. They used what was said to be the cutting edge of security technology. And, of course, they were relying heavily on the fact that it was on an island surrounded yeah. by very cold water. Uh-huh. Um, we're talking about like 10 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So if you're in it for about 30 minutes, mm. you'll start to develop hypothermia mm. and very, very strong currents mm. going in, coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing was, though, it really was not impenetrable. Yeah. Uh, dozens of inmates made it off the island over the years. Oh, really? Yeah. Most of them were recaptured on the mainland or still in the water, though. Yeah. Some of them were hunted down and shot. <gasps> Some drowned and washed up Mm. on shore. 
prior to 1962 and the escape we're going to talk about, two men escaped and vanished. We don't know what happened to them. Well, because that's smart. That's what you should... Melissa Caddick, that shit, yes. So it's assumed that they probably drowned and the bodies were just never recovered, but Mm -hmm. there is the possibility that they made it back and Mm -hmm. went on and started new lives. So is this 1962 one the the first and only successful... We will see. People have attempted, but... Okay. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So 1962 rolled around. Marilyn Monroe sang Happy Birthday to JFK Mm. that year. The Beatles Ah. had their first hit, Love Me Do. Yes. yes. And the prison was just about 30 years old. And over the years, there'd been several riots. There'd been all those atrocities. Mm. And of course, there'd been those embarrassing escapes. So there'd been lots of bad press about the prison and how expensive and ineffective it was. Mm. So Alcatraz had gone through a bit of a makeover. They'd upgraded the security systems and now they were claiming that they really, truly were 100% inescapable. Mm. And they also had a bit of a softer approach to prison management than they'd had previously. So prisoners were now allowed to do arts and crafts oh. and play music like the piano accordion. And talk. They care to. They're allowed to speak. Interact with each other, <laughs> listen to the radio. Okay. Um, it still was tough. It certainly wasn't a day spa, yeah. but it was far less brutal mm-hmm. than it once was. They eased up on that torture. Now, our four main characters in this story, they were all brought to the rock because they'd escaped from other prisons around the country, not because they were like the baddest yeah. of the bad by any means. They were just, they had, they had bold personalities. Bold personalities, mm. yeah. So gotcha. they were upgraded to Alcatraz. They were all frequent flyers in the prison system. Yeah. All in their sort of early to mid-30s, roughly the same age as your mate Barbara Walters was at this specific time Ah, in 1962. So Mm -hmm. in their 30s, in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, And they'd all been in and out of the prison system since they were like 13. Mm. And it was mostly for non-violent crimes like robbing a bank Mm. using a toy gun. Yeah. I just... The urge I'm repressing to have a really long conversation right now about the prison system and mm. the prison complex and how it's fucked, but another time. Yeah. It's <laughs> but a we're, big we're, issue. We're all to in tackle. agreement, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, prison wasn't doing these guys mm. any favors. Um, they knew each other from previous stints in prisons ah. all over the country. And of course, all of them were always looking out for opportunities to stage another prison break. Mm -hmm. From the moment they checked in, they were looking at guards' habits and identifying what could be potential weak points. Their names were Frank, Alan, John and Clarence. Mm -hmm. John and Clarence happened to be brothers. Oh, okay. And conveniently, the foursome all had neighbouring cells. Okay. So they could plot and Mm. scheme at night. In fact, John and Clarence were intentionally, thoughtfully, kindly placed next door to each other in case they wanted to discuss any family affairs at any time, day or night. That's nice, though. It is, but you've got to keep in mind there's so much hubris here for the prison management. Like, you've got four previous prison SPs. Go ahead. Do your worst. We'll set you up for success. (laughs) And that's what they did. Um, So these boys, they just needed to find a chink in the prison's armour and they Mm -hmm. knew they were going to find one. Frank was the first one to find a potential vulnerability. He was talking to a fellow inmate who told him it was pretty much common knowledge that there was like a giant hole in the top of his cell block in the roof. That's a problem. Like that... (laughs) Alcatraz, (laughs) what's going on? Do something about that. So the reason it was there, it wasn't just completely open. It was covered in a grate, but once upon a time it had some like big heavy equipment that had been removed and not replaced. And ordinarily they would then fill the hole in with concrete, but instead they just put like a vent over the top of it and drilled it in. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you a photo of it a little bit later Yeah, no, but I do get what you mean, yeah. Mm. Um, Now, Frank... He was a really, really intelligent man. Like yeah. his IQ had been measured a few times. It was super high. He had a really vivid imagination. Yeah. And he was one of those really meticulously detailed planners. Mm. Certainly not someone to just sort of go, we'll figure it up, figure it out as we go along. Yeah. Like he's thought through A to Z. Yeah. Yet another example of someone who would have massive potential had he gone into any exactly. field yeah. other than crime, but he was just sort of 
pigeonholed yeah. into this line of work. It's And then once you're in there and then you kind of get institutionalised and then you, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quick side note, recollections vary mm. when it comes to who came up with this plan. Right. Um, who it was that found out about the hole in the roof, who rallied the team, who was the genius mastermind. Mm. Most of what I read and watched said it was Frank and he's the one that Clint Eastwood played uh, in okay. the movie and I like him the best, so uh-huh. I'm just going to go with him as the mastermind. And he was the smart one. Yeah. It's like chances are it was the genius. Yes. Yeah, right? Mm. Mm. When we get to the end, I'll sort of circle back on yeah. this point when we see that someone else claims that, ha, 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 this was all my scheme. Mm. Uh, now, Frank, but possibly one of the others, knew about this potential exit point and just had to figure out a way to exploit it. Mm. He started imagining different ways he might be able to, number one, get up to the roof and through that hole. Mm. Number two, get over the fence. And then number three, get across the water to freedom. How high is the roof, like, to get up in the hole? Four stories high. Oh, so how would he get... Okay. We'll see. Okay. No wonder they thought no one's going to get out of it. Mm. Like, okay, I get... It's point point one Alcatraz. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get up there? Mm. And like, I mean, I just outlined that as three simple steps. But yeah. of course, there's like thousands of complexities involved in mm. every single one of those steps. And one of those main factors is there was one guard for every three prisoners in Alcatraz. The mm. standard ratio is one to every ten prisoners. So wow. like, they so are they under have... watchful eyes yeah. twenty four hours a day. Wow. This was going to yeah. be very tricky. So he took his time, he ruminated, he pondered, he mulled, and then he came up with a very, very detailed scheme Ooh. for how he was going to get out of there. He knew, of course, he was going to need help. He'd need some accomplices. So he got the fellas on board, but he was very careful to only tell them as much as they needed to know as they smart. went along because they were not that smart. Yeah. And he was scared about them blabbing to other mm. inmates too much and giving it away. And, of course, he thought they might get caught, get inter- interrogated, and then the whole thing would be shut down. Is there at this time such thing as security cameras? No. So there's no, okay. No. Okay. They have metal detectors yeah. that they have to go through several times mm-hmm. a day. I think that's probably the highest tech yeah, okay. solution they have. Okay. Yeah. Um, phase one, they just needed to be able to get out of their cells. Yeah. Yeah, first and foremost. Now, every inmate in Alcatraz had their own private cell mm-hmm. with a bed, a toilet, a sink, and each one also had this, like, envelope-sized ventilation grate in the back wall. Mm-hmm. One night, Frank started scratching at the wall around the edges of the grate mm. in his cell, just using a nail clipper. It's like the Shawshank Redemption. Very much so. Ooh, yeah. Yes. And because I think it was the same in Shawshank Redemption, the prison was quite old. The yeah. plaster and the concrete was decaying. Away. Like us. And he could just <laughs> sort of pick away at it bit by bit. And he figured that if he and the fellas could scrape away at the edges of the grate, get the grate out of there, then they already had the head start of a tunnel. Obviously too small for them to mm. squeeze through initially, but they'd be able to expand it mm-hmm. as the months went by. Mm. And then they'd be able to access this maintenance walkway that was behind oh. their wall, which could potentially lead up to the mm, roof mm-hmm, if they mm-hmm, were able mm-hmm. to climb all the pipes yeah. and whatnot that were back there in that sort of void space. It is so Shawshank Redemption-y. Mm-hmm. Oh, down to the fact that they were even doing the thing where they like have to get all the, the pebbles and grit and whatnot and like sneakily bit by bit. dispose of it in the, the playground. Yeah, what do they call the playground. <laughs> <laughs> the playground. It is like the playground. Where yeah. they go for recess and lunch. Yeah, yeah. they go and have their fun times. Their fun times. Play their games together. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, getting metal tools to scrape away mm. at the concrete and the plaster, that really wasn't too much of a challenge. They were able to find some old saw blades, nail clippers they could access, spoons even, and they just sort of MacGyvered them into tunnelling tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the trickiest part for them really was going to be how did they camouflage these big gaping This is holes. what I was going to ask because in the Shawshank Redemption, he famously puts the poster Rita over the Hayworth. hole of Rita Hayworth. So mm. what are they doing? These guys got a little bit artsy. Oh, they drew pictures? Ooh, almost a little bit um, more uh, inventive than yeah. that, I might say. So one of the boys enrolled in the prison's art classes. Yeah. So then he'd be able to get access to paints and also materials to make paper mache replicas 
of the wall and the oh, grate. Stop it! So they could fill it in and camouflage it so it looked exactly like it did initially. That's really smart. Very clever. I'm not smart enough to be a criminal. Like, yeah. I'm just, these guys are so smart. <laughs> really inventive, yeah. Um, and so over the course of the next few months, they took turns keeping watch for the guards while the others would dig and scrape. Um, and then once they'd made it through to the void behind the wall, they started scoping out what they could access yeah. on the prison premises. Not only could they climb up quite easily to what was ultimately going to be their exit point, the, the hole. hole in the roof, they could also get access to a space in like the attic that they were able to use as a workshop, a little oh. men's shed where they could make all the items they were going to need to pull off the rest of Frank's plan. How though, um, if there's a prison guard for every three prisoners, like, when are they getting the time to be out of their cells without being noticed? This is exactly the next problem that, tack, oh, okay. uh, that Frank wants to tackle. Yeah. Because the annoying thing was every 30 minutes the guards were doing yeah. a head count throughout the night. And so that meant initially they had to go back and forth mm, from their mm, cells mm. to the workshop every 30 minutes. Oh, my God, are they going to pull like a Ferris Bueller and have like a, oh, oh tell me. They made replicas of their own yes. heads. <laughs> Yes, they go back into the arts and crafts. Um, and, yeah, the goal was create a replica of each member of the yeah. group's head that was completely convincing, like super, super detailed, yeah. down to the eye colour, the flesh tone, the eyelashes, the eyebrows, oh my so God. that they could leave it on the pillow, stuff the bed, Looks- and then as the guards would go past, if it was dark enough, then there's no reason that they wouldn't assume that it was just the boys. Why would they need the eye colour if they're sleeping? This I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show you a photo now. I should understand. Well, that looks amazing. Like, not, it looks pretty good. Mm. Considering that is made out of like toothpaste and plaster chips that they've scraped the out hair. of the walls There's and hair. chewed up paper. Yes. They got the paper from the barbershop because one of the boys had a job working as a barber yeah. on the premises so he could get them all the accurate colour and the accurate length that they'd need to glue onto the their hair. dummy heads. Now, Lindsay, I'm going to swing it around so you can see it as well. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's not Michelangelo's, David, but, but I have seen convincing. Madame Two Swords wax yep. figures that are worse than yeah. what these guys pulled together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, why they decided to have the eyes open, though, I, that's weird. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah. aren't they just wanting to be asleep? Odd. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Maybe they were just showing off. Yeah. And I do think Got really was. into the project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Made some artistic choices yeah. because mm-hmm. they could. Yeah. So then once they had these decoy heads and the paper mache grates mm. in place each night, they could just go up to the workshop space for hours yeah, to make right. all the rest of the stuff they were going to need. And there were several things they were going to need. Like Alcatraz. This, Come on now. They're not... It, it's You're not catching pretty easy stuff to catch. Mm. So the boys, they needed some to make some kind of a power tool to help them remove the bolts that were holding the ventilation in cover on the on hole, the hole yeah. on the roof. Luckily, Alan, one of the guys, worked in the prison's maintenance department, so he was able to steal a motor out of a vacuum cleaner Whoa. he was fixing and still have the vacuum cleaner in working order so it didn't cause any suspicion. They then used that motor to make an electric drill. So compare these prisoners to the guards who were downstairs who were being deceived by paper mache heads. Yeah, by paper mache heads. And these guys are inventing their own power tools. They deserve to, like, get out. Agreed. Just for this work. Folk heroes. Yeah. Yes. Then, of course, they needed a solution for how they were going to get off the island once mm-hmm. they'd managed to get themselves over the prison walls. And, of course, that was a pretty big problem to solve. I mean, I know we were saying before that teenagers swim it Mm. these days, but that's in quite a controlled environment and, Mm. you know, they're trained athletes, which these guys, not necessarily. Basically, they needed to get across the direction that they were planning to head in north. They needed to go across four kilometres of very, very, very cold water with currents that they just couldn't predict. And they already knew that previous escapees had yeah. drowned, caught hypothermia, yeah. trying to swim across. So they decided to build an inflatable raft. 
out of raincoats. Oh my God, they're geniuses. Bit by bit, they stole more than 50 raincoats <gasps> and cut it up and sewed them together and made this raft that was four metres long yeah. and two metres wide. A boat. They made yeah, a boat. They made a Practically boat. a yacht. And they sealed up all the seams by melting the rubber with steam from a vent to make oh sure God. it was airtight. This is MacGyver. Right. Yes, and then, this is when they really started showing off, they made life jackets for Smart. each of them. Smart, um, And then they even had enough raincoats left that they could make another spare raft just as a backup in oh. case the first one did fail. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is nuts. Mm-hmm. I would, I don't have the patience, like, I don't have the patience. I would just be like, oh, I'll just stay. Mm. It's too much. They're so motivated. Yeah, I guess, yeah. But the thing is, though, they only had like a few years left on this sentence. Yeah, because I was going to ask, how long is this all taking? Six months. This oh, this so, whole project oh. is only about six months. Because in Shawshank Redemption, what does it take him, like 30 years or mm. something? Six months. Mm. And they've only got a few years left. Well, something to do. Right, yeah. Fills your days. Kept them occupied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, as the weeks went by, Alan started to get a bit jumpy, a bit panicky. He uh, thought maybe they were getting a little bit too cocky. Uh-huh. And so in a moment of sort of blindish panic, he decided to reattach the original air vent in his cell using concrete because he'd just lost all confidence mm. in the idea that the paper mache illusion was going to continue to mm. deceive the guards and he was starting to get worried. Mm. So he stuck his vent back on and did all the rest of his work in his cell. Yeah, He figured he wouldn't need to go through the tunnel until the night of the actual yeah. escape. He'd done his part in the workshop. He didn't need to keep going up to the studio each night. The studio. Yeah. <laughs> Their little studio. Um, and then... Earlier than they'd planned, the night came when the rest of the group decided it's go time. The weather conditions Mm. are perfect and everything's in order. It's time to go now. Mm -hmm. So they all set up their dummy heads on their pillows, Mm. as they'd been doing every night for months, and they stuffed their beds, crawled through their tunnels, put the fake vents in place, headed to the exit, except for poor dear sad old Alan. When he replaced that vent of his, he'd been far too thorough. He'd used too much concrete and he was finding it impossible to get the vent back out. He locked himself. He imprisoned himself. He did. Oh, no, Alan. Mm, He was scraping and scraping as quickly but as quietly as he possibly could while the others were on the other side of the vent in (gasps) the maintenance walkway urging him, hurry up. Yeah. Um, Eventually... They realised they were just going to have to leave without him. He screwed things up for himself, but he wasn't going to screw it up for the rest of them. They kindly left him the spare raft and left him (laughs) his vest and one paddle. They did make their own paddles. Mm. And off they went to climb up to the roof and out of the prison. Pretty much everyone in the cell block heard the very loud noises they made in the process climbing. of getting out. Yeah. yeah. While they were climbing up to the exit, they accidentally dropped a pipe that sort of went oh, bang, 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 no, bang, bang, no, bang, no, bang, no, bang, no, bang no. on the way down. Yeah. They thought for sure the guards are going to come and investigate. Nope, nothing. <gasps> And then when they took the final great thing off yeah. the roof, that made a huge noise yeah. as well. They thought for sure someone's going to come and check that out. The guards, some people think that it may not have just been incompetence, that they may actually have been in on the plot and how they just they wanted not? to see how it happened. Yeah, mm. right. Or they may have been taking bribes. Maybe. Possibility, never been proven. Yeah, because yeah. you can't... that. That kind of noise is like something's going on. Like you, how could you miss it? Yes, unusual noises need to be investigated in well, a place like this. Again, in Shawshank Redemption, that's why he has to wait for a thunderstorm because he mm. has to bang on the pipe. So he he knew he needed the um, the noise sound distraction. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you a picture of the hole they climbed out of. So that's the ventilator cover. It almost looks like a barbecue grill. Yeah, it looks like you know when you. On top of any kind of building, it just looks like a little, like, ventilate hole. Mm. So all they had to do was cut through some screws, yeah. unscrew some screws, remove some rivets, and then, yeah, the noise that everyone heard mm. in the cell block was that going bang. Bang, bang, yeah. Yeah. Like heavy metal, great. Yes. Yeah. 
The next big noise they heard was like a thousand seagulls <gasps> jumping up in shock and squawking their way off the island because when the men started emerging, right. they scared off all these gulls. But, I mean, that wasn't something completely unusual. So yeah. that also didn't cause the guards to stir and Nothing go investigate anything. Here. No. Everything that happens from here on out, we can only assume because this was the plan. Mm. No one ever saw Frank, John or Clarence ever again from here on out. What? Yep. From this moment, they disappeared after they said, sorry, Alan, you're on your own. So we only know because Alan told us this stuff. That's right. (gasps) So Alan told the FBI that the plan was once they were on the roof, they were just going to shimmy down a pipe that Uh was attached to the outside wall. Yeah. They had an idea of where the best spot was going to be to run over to the barbed wire fence where they'd be out of sight lines Mm -hmm. and in the darkest areas possible. Mm -hmm. Then they would just climb over the Mm -hmm. four metre barbed wire fence. Owie. Off they'd go to the shore. They had some things to like protect their hands. They thought of everything, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Then when they got to the shore, they were going to inflate the raft and their life vests using a bellows Frank had made out of a concertina, the accordion. Oh, like a pumpy thing. Mm. Like, oh, that's so smart. And an inflator machine that he made out of a musical instrument that he'd ordered to play during the music hour. Oh, my God. These Every guys night. are geniuses. Uh-huh. And then all they'd have to do, paddle off in yeah. their little boat. In boat. And if everything went according to plan, but they made know. it to the shore and were never seen again. Did anyone ever find the boat? We'll get to that. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. But first, yeah. Alan did manage to get through his tunnel and he did manage to get up onto the roof. Yeah. But by that time, the other three were long gone. But they gave him a raft. Do you have the spare one? And this was the thing. He was then in this position where he could either risk it and by himself try it on his mm. own or he could just give up and he could go back to bed. And so he sat down and had a cigarette while he thought about it, had another cigarette, and then decided it just wasn't worth the risk Mm. to his life. And so he climbed back down, crawled back into bed and just waited for the drama (laughs) to unfold the next morning. Yeah, because surely they're going to like, uh, it's the three cells around him and they're going to find that tunnel that they built also Mm. goes into his cell. Like he, he can't. They're going to know he was in on it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't plan to hide it from them. Right. Okay. He's planning straight away that he's going to tell them the truth. Okay. He's also going to reframe the narrative and say that he was the mastermind who came up with the plan, uh, but then changed his right. mind at the last minute because yeah. his conscience told him it would be the wrong thing to do. Okay. Yeah. So the next morning, 6.30ish, a guard tried to wake Frank up when he saw he was still in bed mm-hmm. long after everyone else was up. Mm-hmm. And he yelled at Frank to wake up. Mm-hmm. And he started rattling on the cell's bars to try to wake him up. No response. So then he reached through the bars to try to shake Frank awake. Mm. And he shook the pillow. And you can imagine the wide range of emotions he went through when Frank's head rolled onto the floor (laughs) and smashed into pieces. That photo I showed you just before where you can see all the cracks and the nose is broken. That damage was incurred when the head hit the ground that morning. I will put in a link to a documentary where they interview that guard yeah. and he talks about how far he jumped back yeah. away from the cell in absolute shock. And his first thought was, oh, my God, Frank's been decapitated. Well, yeah, why would your brain wouldn't know how to compute. Yes. Yeah. You're not going to have a logical reaction to that immediately. Yeah. But once he sort of figured out what must be going on, mm. he sounded the alarm, the prison went into lockdown. Very quickly they realised that John and Clarence's heads were also <laughs> paper mache dummies. And the entire prison and all of San Francisco went into high alert on the lookout for these three fugitives. How long had it been? Like, what time did they leave? According to Alan, it was about 10 p.m. So they've had... they would have got in the water. Oh, so they've had ages if they don't sound the alarm till like 6.30 a.m. Yeah. (gasps) They think maximum it would have taken them four hours. Yeah. If the boat hadn't deflated, if everything had gone fine, it would take them four hours to get to the other Mm. um, shore that they were headed for. Yeah. If they'd stuck to the plan that Alan laid out and if Alan was telling the truth about what the plan was. Yeah. But yeah, they'd had quite a long time to get away. Yeah. So planes were sent up looking for the boys in the air all around California. Hundreds of boats were sent out 
to search the coastline and yeah. just the water in the bay, outside the bay. It was the biggest manhunt in California history up to that time. Whoa. For two days, they found absolutely nothing, mm. not a scrap. Then finally, the Coast Guard found one of their paddles floating mm. in the water. Oh. And then not far away and not long after, they found a sealed waterproof pouch that was made out of raincoat <gasps> material. It was bobbing in the current and when they opened it up, there was a wallet. It had papers that identified John and Clarence, uh-huh. also dozens of photos of their family members oh. and loved ones. Yeah. And these were clearly their most prized personal possessions mm. and they'd done their best to try to keep them dry safe. and yeah. safe. So the assumption was if they'd lost this valuable stuff, they must have drowned. Yeah. That's the only explanation. Unless you consider the possibility that maybe they wanted to fake their own deaths, in which case You'd, planting evidence yes. that made it look like... Like Melissa Caddick's foot. That's it. Yes. Yes. So there were some people saying, look, we reckon the rafts deflated or their life vests failed. They ended up in the water yeah. trying to swim. Hypothermia, currents, we're going to end up finding their bodies at some time. That is, I feel like Frank would have thought of that like the ultimate ending to this escape plan is make them think we died in the water Mm -hmm. and then they won't come looking for us. That's right. To me, I think it is just a genius red herring Yeah. to throw a decoy like that in the water. Yeah. Didn't stop the search. Uh, Five days after the escape, the FBI received a postcard signed Frank, Clarence and John Ah! saying, we made it. Oh, my God. But that could, I mean... Is it a f- yeah. hoax? Is it not? The, thing, the fingerprints no. and the handwriting weren't a positive match. Okay. So they couldn't say for sure that it was these guys. Yeah. So they thought it's probably a prank. No, it's them. It's them. I want it to be them. We've got to keep looking. I think that probably was a prank because I think they were pretty dedicated to faking their death. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, a week or so later, pieces of the raft were found on the shore near the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And then one of the deflated life vests was found and then another one. So that kind of added to the evidence that the plan had gone awry mm-hmm. in the execution, but no bodies were found. Mm. And maybe those items were just more red herrings. Like once they got to shore, they could sabotage all their stuff yeah. and just chuck it in the water for people to find. Yeah. So the search continued. Every law enforcement agency in the country was out there looking for those boys. They got tips from all over, from Mm, people claiming that they'd seen some men who matched their description, either one of them, two of them, or all three of them. None of the tips turned out to be helpful. Most people started to think, okay, surely they must have drowned. If we're not finding any evidence that they're out there somewhere, they must have drowned. But then... Six months after this great escape, two other prisoners busted out and they managed, sorry, only one of them managed to swim over to the San Francisco side of the Golden Gate Bridge. And all he'd used was some surgical gloves that he'd inflated and tied to his arms like (laughs) floaties. Floaties! (laughs) Americans, you call them water wings, which I think is so adorable. Yeah, just and using he that, it. he'd managed to make it over there. And also, six months later, someone else escaped. Like, yeah. it happened again. Idiots. <laughs> um, so that it can be done. That's right. And if they had a big raft. So this sort of swung the pendulum back to them going, oh, it actually maybe it was really easy to survive considering they had a lot more sophisticated stuff than this guy with. Mm, they did it. <laughs> Two glove floaties. Um, so, yeah, the FBI kept taking all the tips very seriously. If that guy had survived, then the fellas could have survived. The leads took them all the way to Los Angeles, mm. Maryland, Florida, Brazil. Mm. All the leads resulted in dead ends, though. Mm. They didn't find anything conclusive. And the FBI was in charge of the hunt for the next 17 years, <gasps> up to 1979, when they finally went, all right, we're getting nowhere. And they handed the case over to the US Marshals. Yeah. Who are still hunting them now. now. Yeah, the case is still open. Did they, like, so obviously um, Clarence and John were close to their family if they had all those photos and stuff. Like, were they FBI, like, watching their families? Like, yes. Yeah, like, because they would Very never closely. be able to see their family again, really, because mm. they couldn't, That they'd be waiting for them there. Yeah, completely. So, oh, wow. um, and that is the interesting thing. 
that the family, they reported all of this, they continued to receive anonymous postcards on their birthdays mm. and around Christmas. Mm, yes. Yeah, Sometimes they'd be signed with pseudonyms like Joe and Jerry. Their mother received flowers from an anonymous sender every Mother's Day for the rest of her life. That's them. And now get this. When she died, there were two very tall, strange-looking women <gasps> dressed all in black at her funeral, wearing heavy makeup and veils over their faces. I'm picturing Death Becomes Her. Yes, <laughs> me too! <laughs> Meryl and Goldie yeah. at the very end of Death Becomes Her. Yes. And so it's that suspected that that was John and Clarence coming to pay their respects yes. in secret. Yep. But wouldn't the FBI or the US Marshal, whoever was in charge of the case at that time, be like, we've got to stake out the funeral? They were because- at the funeral. Yeah. And they These didn't- women disappeared before the FBI agents could catch up to them and say hi. Yeah. So many <laughs> men who think they can do the Adele interview in this story. Mm. I can't. I Truly, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot handle. That was them. Yeah. What about Frank, though? Like, did they, did anything from him? He's too smart to send little Yeah. I don't think he would take silly risks like flat. that. Yeah. Also, he had just been in and out of the foster system from when he was, like, Had Three months old. Right, okay. So, yeah, he didn't have a a personal connection to anyone in his life, as far as we're aware. I mean, the FBI, by that time, they'd sort of stopped caring. Yeah. Because it had already been declared in their um, organisation that all of them had died. Mm -mm. I really think the most likely answer here Mm. is that there was a boat who was waiting for them out in the water that night Mm -hmm. who picked them up and whisked them off somewhere to safety. I reckon they had accomplices. Right, like they got towed. Like like not even towed. They just um paddled out far enough to meet a boat that was out in the water. And this is the thing, a policeman did report that he had seen a boat out in the bay with its lights turned off. It wasn't fishing, it wasn't doing anything, it was just sort of loitering. Mm. He didn't really think much of it, but it is kind of an odd thing to see. So it sort of registered in his mind. I was imagining like a um uh, inflatable, uh, you know those <laughs> those things that kids do where you get you sit on the inflatable oh, tire and a boat, boat thing, yeah. like drags you along. I was <laughs> like, oh, is the boat just going to pull them in the little raft? So that you think they swam out to to meet up with another boat? But why'd they build the raft then? Well, they had to get out to the other boat. The other boat wasn't allowed to just come up oh, to the shore. And right? Okay, <laughs> just swim out to the boat. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um. It's one of several theories for how they may have got away. They definitely got away. Mm. They did. I'm sorry, they did. I'm certain they had help. Yes, and that was definitely them at the funeral. Mm. Like, like, I get the the letter to the FBI saying, like, suckers, we made it. Mm. That's probably a prank. But who's going to pull the prank of sending their mother flowers every year on Mother's Day? Like, who's going to bother to do that? That was them. It's interesting, though. I mean, there are so many people. Over the last 60 years, there have been so many people who've come forward with claims saying that they've seen one or more of them or they know exactly what happened to them. Mm. One person came forward and said that they'd actually murdered all three of them that night. Like, just people trying to insert themselves into the narrative. So there may be some whack job who... You know, thought it'd be funny to keep sending flowers to the mother. And then, how old would they be? Because you mentioned Barbara Walters, they would have been like they'd be eighty-five they'd be or something in their now. 90s yeah, nineties. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I hope they're searching the nursing homes. <laughs> I mean, but is it getting to a stage where if they haven't died already, there's still a possibility that we get like a after I've died, here's my will, and it was me. Like the information comes out once they're gone, potentially. Yeah, maybe. maybe. If they've lived this long. Yeah. I mean, if they are found, any of them, they will be going back to jail. Really? Yes. No. Unless they're over the age of 99. (gasps) Then the warrant runs out. If they can make it to 100 years of age, they're free. Um, Really? That's it? Warrants run out when you're 99? Is that just like, oh my God. Oh, man, Mm. maybe they'll make it. Could be. But they could. They've earned their freedom, I think. I couldn't agree more like, with you. truly. Also, it appears that they've not committed any further crimes. Well, sh- yeah, exactly. So it turned out Alcatraz, more of a reformative prison than it was intended <laughs> to be in the end. Um, 
I'll go through one of just the possible endings okay. for their story. Yeah. So in 2018, the FBI revealed that they'd received a handwritten letter in 2013 mm. from someone who was claiming to be John Anglin. And this may all just be fan fiction and someone having a laugh. But mm. in the letter, he wrote, all three of them made it to the shore alive that night, mm. but barely. The raft barely made it there safely. He said that Frank died in 2008, then Clarence died in 2011. Mm. He was still in the USA, and now he desperately needed someone to help pay for his cancer treatments because... He was in the USA. Right, yeah. Couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he asked the FBI to promise him via a television broadcast that he wouldn't get more than 12 months in prison if he turned himself in and to promise to cover all of his medical fees. The things people in the US have to do to get their medical fees paid for. Disgusting. Outrageous. Mm. So What happened with that? Well, they couldn't use handwriting samples or DNA or fingerprints to prove the letter was legit Mm. and they couldn't contract the letter writer directly. So they just sort of did nothing and waited to see if they got a second Mm. letter before they went on TV and made these promises. They didn't hear anything else. And so if this legitimately was John, maybe he didn't live long enough to ask for help a second time because he wasn't getting the cancer treatment. Maybe that whole thing was just a prank as well. But also, John, like, put something in the letter that proves it's you. Like, you can't, like, you know, to get them to take it seriously. Yeah, like, good why point. wouldn't he? It just, yeah. There I needs don't know. to be something convincing in there. Yeah. It's a very expressive letter, uses lots of exclamation points. Oh, really? Yeah. Which gives you the idea that there's a certain level of enthusiasm that might make you... Yeah. Legitimate? I don't know. We do know what happened to Alan, though. <gasps> what do you mean? What happened? So he, as I mentioned... Did he get in trouble? like a canary. Not at all. Because really? he cooperated so completely ah. and tried to give the FBI all the details he knew and take credit for all mm-hmm, those details. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he wasn't punished mm. in any way. Um, and he was told you'll just see out the rest of your sentence, yeah. but not here in Alcatraz because it is shutting down. Oh. The public realised this is just a big, embarrassing waste of money. Yeah. And so in less than a year after the escape, Alcatraz was shut down and became, yes, like a museum tourist destination that people can go and visit. And all the prisoners were scattered to different prisons yeah. all around the country. Um, Alan finished up his sentence a few years later and was released and then was back in prison Mm. a few months later and died a few years after that. So not a thrilling ending for Alan. Um, But, yeah, that was just the gist of the most elaborate, possibly successful escape from the inescapable Alcatraz prison. My mind is blown. What's your theory? What do you think? I think they got... I think they got... Away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think it was successful. It's the funeral thing and the flowers. Mm. I mean, I don't know about Frank, but they did a Goldie and Meryl and death death becomes her, they went to the funeral. Tragically, that's not in the Clint Eastwood movie. (sighs) But I, yeah, no, I think they made it. Mm. It's just fun to believe that. It's Mm. fun to believe that. I just didn't realise, I didn't know... I just thought you were going to be like, yeah, and then they called him a couple of years later and they never found them. Mm. And this is why I think they got away by sea because getting away by land would be really tricky. Mm. Alan told the FBI that their plan was they were going to steal a car, but there were, there were reports of cars being stolen mm-hmm. around Northern California, um, but then they found the culprits behind those crimes. Mm. So for all we can tell, they didn't get their hands on a vehicle um, they certainly would have needed assistance to get a change of clothes because they were just wearing their prison uniforms. Mm, yeah. Um, and considering, you know, they vanished without a trace, I think by water is the strongest theory. Yeah. Mm. They, yeah, they Melissa caddicked it. Mm. To a different country. And, um, you know, where there's smoke, there's often fire. Brazil has come up many times. Mm. People have submitted photographs that they've taken in public places Mm -hmm. with people that they think look very much like John and Clarence. Um, Yeah, it all seems to sort of lead back to South America, specifically Brazil. Mm. Good for them. Yeah. That's where I want to head as well. Good. Yeah. I loved that. Yay. Well, look, if you want more than just the gist, there is a book, but I'll 
tell you right up front, it's seven and a half hours, of which 90 minutes is about this story and the rest of it is just history uh, of Alcatraz. So I wouldn't say make it your top priority unless you're really keen ooh, to know. learning, about- <laughs> history. <laughs> I get paid to do it, so I don't mind. Um, there's, of course, the Clint Eastwood movie, mm-hmm. which... Whew, whew. Can't stress it enough. Mm, Very good-looking man back then. Um, I'll post a link to a few articles as well as some YouTube documentaries Mm. as well. It's interesting to look at the different perspectives of people who think that Alan was the mastermind and other people who are like, um, he Mm. was a dummy. And uh, (laughs) clearly, if anyone orchestrated this, it was Frank who was verifiably a a genius. genius. I wonder if it just really killed Frank, like... Someone else, yeah, watching Alan try to take the glory. Yeah, Yeah. that is the Mm. other thing that I was at some point. They must have been so tempted to go, (laughs) you did escape. That's That's why the postcard made sense. Or like the death thing, like you know, you have a lawyer and they keep it in a lockbox and only to be opened after I've died, and and then it's reveal it. So at least then you're already gone, and then everyone gets to know like how you did it. Mm. It's very much like a DB Cooper situation. I just don't think we'll ever know. Mm, and that's know. part of the fun of it. But then there's things that, like with Melissa Caddick, the fact that her foot was found at the beach that she spent her childhood going to for holidays, mm. it's like, I'm sorry. A bit too on the nose. It's a bit too coincident. Like, that's what made me think she's still alive, mm. that she did that. You know what I mean? Like, so when there are things where you're like, it can't, they're definitely, they made it. Mm. They made it. Yeah. Frank was too smart to let yeah. them fail. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, that was good. Yay. Good one. Excellent. Well, we'll be back with another one next week, Jisness. Bye. Bye. Jacob. Rosie. Next week. Mm. I am going to be doing just the gist of something a lot of people have asked for. <sighs> Coney 2012. <laughs> one of the first truly viral sensations. It's unhinged. The story is unhinged. Mm. You gotta tune in. Don't miss it. It went from, oh my God, this is amazing, to this seems kind of dodgy, to the guy in that video was just found naked on the street, and now we're over it. Uh huh. Less than two weeks. <laughs> Less than two weeks. <laughs> this all completely passed me by. Yeah. Wow. Listener.